0: You are listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Abby. Today we're going to talk about the future, both what we thought it would look like when we were young and what we envision for our lives to come. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What is your news, Sarah? I would like to say
0: how much this podcast adds to my life in tangible ways. (laughs) Our most recent episode was about routines, Uh and doing that episode made me realize – wow, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit and easy things that are within my control to make my life smoother and calmer and happier. Love it. So I've been trying to implement those things. To be fair, it's only been two days, but it's been going (laughs) really well the last two days. And I just appreciate the opportunity to reflect with you and be inspired to make these kind of changes. Hopefully it continues in the weeks to come.
1: Yes, I really love that too. I will say that I was a much better parent the last two days after (laughs) reflecting on how much I wanted to be alone and why that was, and it worked out great. Good work, us. Yeah.
0: What is new with you, friend?
1: Pepper got his first haircut this morning. Mm -hmm. He had long, luscious, golden baby curls, and we Mm -hmm. got those all trimmed up so that when he wears his little glasses and the strap goes around the back of his head, he doesn't have... Mm -hmm. The glasses enforced mullet.
0: Yes, I can envision what you were saying.
1: <laughs> and I think he'll also be much cooler for summer because mm-hmm. the hair was getting pretty sweaty on the back of his neck. We did go to a salon because I wasn't sure how it would go and wanted to leave it in the hands of a professional <laughs> for the first cut. But having seen someone do it, I think that I could do it myself the next time. So there may be more home haircuts in our future.
0: I am hoping there are some home haircuts in our future as well to get ready for the summer. Mm-hmm. But haircuts are not a favored activity in our house. Mm, yes. <laughs> so we'll just see how that turns out.
1: I did also cut Plum's hair yesterday and I bribed her with a tiny My Little Pony toy. I support it. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. What is your latest read, Sarah? I listened to a burning
0: by mega majumdar this is a novel set in modern day india and it's told in the voices of three characters so it alternates perspectives in each chapter jivan is a young woman who makes a comment on social media that leads to her being accused of a terrorist attack so that's the main thread throughout the book mm-hmm. and then pt sir is her former gym teacher who gets involved with a right-wing political party and Lovely is a trans woman who can confirm Jivan's alibi. So all three of those storylines connect with one another as you go through mm-hmm. and figure out the fate of Jivon. I loved thinking about the way politics, specifically in this case, a right-wing political party, influence individuals and then how those effects ripple out in ways that you don't expect. The balance of the characters was great, I really enjoyed hearing from each person and didn't feel annoyed when it switched, Mm. which I think is really hard to do when you do those multiple perspectives. Especially more than two. Mm -hmm. I felt like three felt like the right number where you learned something different from each one and they each had such clear, different ways of being in the world and thinking about situations. Mm. It was really well done. I also appreciated the brevity. It was a short novel, and it felt like it packed a more powerful punch because each scene was really carefully chosen. Mm. And in some ways, at the end, I was left wanting more. And in other ways, I was in awe of how it all came together so quickly. Mm. I would recommend it. I loved reading about modern-day India. The audiobook was excellent. And it made me think about things that I wouldn't have otherwise.
1: What have you been reading? I recently read The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Klune. This book is set in a world where there are magical humans, many of the children of whom are in so-called orphanages managed by a department of magical youth. The story focuses on a caseworker who is not magic himself. His name is Linus. And he is tasked with going to a faraway orphanage and reporting back to extremely upper management of the Department of Magical Youth. And then things happen along the way. Mm -hmm. I really liked the world. There's a really lovely slow burn romance that is part of the book. And I really liked the concept in general. I will say, though, and this I think is an unpopular opinion, that I did not love this book. I found it a little slow at first, and then by the end, I thought it was kind of predictable and a little saccharine, like almost sticky sweet with how neatly everything works out. Mm -hmm. And normally I like that happily ever after, but for whatever reason, it just didn't hit me in the right place. So I liked it, and I would recommend it if you need a good, Mm -hmm. solid read, but I didn't love this one.
0: So interesting. This one just came in for me on audiobook this morning, mm. so I am planning to read it later this week and came to me highly recommended. Yes. But as you know, I don't love the tied up in a bow endings. Mm-hmm. So hmm, we will see.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if it's different in audio too, because sort of those slow bits at the beginning probably would have been better in audio. Yes. Moves it along. I will be interested to hear what you think. Now let's talk about the future. We'll start by giving a brief overview of what our lives look like today. We're both age 36.
0: I am married to Neil with two kids who, when this comes out, will be aged nine and six and a half. I work part-time shelving at the public library and have this creative project that I do on the side, podcasting. I live in Bloomington, Indiana, and we have been here for nearly six years.
1: I am also married to Andrew, and then I have Plum, who is five, and Pepper, who's two. We live in Birmingham, Alabama, and I work as a freelance science journalist as well as working on this creative project with my good friend, Sarah. And I would say I am pretty satisfied with my life. Okay, Sarah, so how is this similar or different from what you expected?
0: I had such a hard time answering questions in this outline. I don't think I've ever had a real clear view
1: of the future. Mm. So
0: it's hard to say if this is similar or different from what I expected because I don't think I spent a lot of time expecting. Mm -hmm. I remember being baffled as a teenager and young adult when people knew what they wanted to do or who they wanted to be in the world. Mm. I knew what I enjoyed doing, but seeing how that would translate into a career was never obvious to me. Mm-hmm. It was like, OK, there's high school, and then there's college, and then big white blank mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I felt that way even all through college. And I think that is part of the reason why we ended up having kids young is that we knew we wanted to have a family. And if that part was clear, then let's move forward with that piece because the rest of it felt really overwhelming for me to figure out Mm. and like I didn't have all the information I needed. I'm not sure. And that has led me to figure out those career pieces later than I think many of my contemporaries did. But I'm also really grateful knowing what I know now. Mm. After having cancer and learning about my genetic predisposition toward cancer, I'm So thankful that we completed our family before having that information and having to make those choices and that we can feel confident knowing that our family is complete Mm -hmm. when we were facing that rather than feeling like our hand was forced in terms of how many children we would have and what that would look like. Yes. I do think I always had an expectation that I would get married and have kids, mm-hmm. but that felt like it was in the background. It didn't feel like a driving force to me until it was in the present, until I was ready to have kids and making that choice, Yeah, which is interesting to think about now. How much of that was my own desire? How much of that is just what society tells you will happen when you're a grown up and this hazy idea of what that means and would look like? And that's the same way, honestly, I thought about my career. Like, yes, I will have one of those, but the details were very fuzzy. Mm -hmm. Overall, I would say my 20-year-old self probably thought my 36-year-old self would have more of that career stuff figured out, Mm. but I think the family piece played out a lot how I thought it would if I were to have thought about it, but I'm not sure that I did because I think I am not great at long-term planning and thinking (laughs) about the future. So here we are. In terms of where we are living, I really like Bloomington. I always expected that I would leave Missouri where I grew up, not because I didn't like it, but because that was the family model that I had. My Mm. parents didn't live near their parents. And I just thought, oh, you live someplace and then you go to school somewhere further away and then you get a job somewhere else. Mm -hmm. There was no expectation from my parents that we would stay around. If anything, there was an expectation that, oh, yes, of course, you're supposed to go out somewhere different. Mm Mm-hmm. So Bloomington in particular isn't where I imagined, but it's not unlike what I imagined either.
1: (laughs) As I said, little imagining happening in my life. (laughs) What about you, friend? Definitely had a similar experience to you growing up in that it was this kind of expectation that I would not live in Dallas where I had lived my whole life up till that point. Mm -hmm. Actually, Dallas was a hard place to grow up, and it may be different now. But it was a hard place to be a more liberal and progressive person, Mm -hmm. especially in the suburbs where we were. Yes. And so getting out felt like something I really needed to do and I'm thankful that I have done. I did not expect to land in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who says, go where they pay you. And that's basically what we did with this move. It was really an awesome career move for Andrew. But we really did give up a lot of things in terms of our community and the larger community, Yes, like what's available to us when we left North Carolina. In several ways, Birmingham is actually a pretty good fit in terms of like the size of the city and being close to nice outdoorsy things and being close to our families. I mean, this is the closest we've lived to our family since we lived in Nashville during graduate school. Mm -hmm. So that's nice in a way. But in others, it's not a good fit. So we'll see what the future holds. Yeah. And in terms of family, I had always hoped to get married and have kids. I did imagine, even at the beginning of sort of my childbearing and planning all of that with Andrew, that I would have two daughters instead of a daughter and a son. And Pepper is a boy, as far as we know right now. He may tell us differently at some point. Plum has said that she is a girl. She's let us know that. Mm -hmm. But I have the children I have, and I'm really thrilled with them. Also, for a while in my late teens, I wanted more children, like four. I remember that in college that you wanted four. Yes, even early college. I think that was something that I thought and planned for. But I think two is actually a really great number for me. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) And for my co-parent. In terms of work, I started college expecting to go into an MD-PhD program after, Mm -hmm. but then after a particularly annoying semester of science classes, decided I did not want to go to medical school. Mm -hmm. So I just went for the PhD at that point thinking that I would teach at a small liberal arts college. Then I had a very annoying semester of teaching. (laughs) and switch gears (laughs) to science communication. And that job has been a good fit. I know I have complained about it on the podcast, but it really is nice, flexible, portable, and so good for while my kids have been young and I've been home with them. I feel really thankful that that has been an option. Mm -hmm. But as I've also said on the pod, I am ready for something else, which we'll talk more about a little bit later. I will say... That I am happier here in Birmingham and with the plans that I have for future career stuff than I have been since we moved here. And I think we still need to grow our community, and hopefully that will be more possible in the next year or so. Okay, so reflecting on your life right now, do you have anything that you wish was different? I am not sure how to answer this question. In general, I have a pretty high happiness and
0: contentment set point. Mm. And along with that, I also struggle to feel bad about choices that I've made once they're made. Mm, I don't mm -hmm. dwell a lot on the past. There are definitely things when I look back about college and grad school that I wish I had done differently, that I wish had prepared me better for a career that I would enjoy. Mm -hmm. And if I could go back, I would choose a different major and would have gone to a different type of grad school than I did. Oh, yes. So that is one thing that I wish I had done differently. But I also feel pretty happy with where I am. So that's not something I spend a lot of time dwelling on.
1: I feel similarly about school. I think we've probably touched on this before, but mm-hmm. I think it's really common when you're pretty good academically for people to be like, just go to more school. Yes. What a great idea for you to keep being successful academically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When so much, like you're saying, of that academic success doesn't necessarily translate into meaningful work or work that fits into the rest of your life. Yes. Yes. I really thought a lot in grad school about quitting grad school, and in many ways, I'm glad I stuck with it. I think it gave me a really good understanding of my spouse because he still lives in that world mm. of academic science, lives and breathes it. Yeah. at the same time, there was a nursing school with a midwifery program downstairs from where my lab was in graduate school yes that I really thought about going to multiple times. And so how would our lives look different if I had focused? on a career at that point would we even be in birmingham i don't know yeah and like you said all of those choices led us where we are and where we are is pretty good Mm -hmm. so it's hard to sort of retrospectively shit on them (laughs) (laughs) and i do wish that both alabama as a state was different and more progressive Mm -hmm. and that we still lived in north carolina i still wish that regularly fair Okay, let's shift gears and talk about what we envision going forward. What do you think or hope the next 10 years may hold for you, Sarah? As
0: I said, thinking through this episode has been a real challenge, but I've put forward my best effort at imagining what these next 10 years will hold. On the one hand, I think because we like to save for the future, I think that we are thinking ahead more than we are. But in reality, we're doing a lot of just getting through the everyday. and. Not doing that more big picture, where do I want my life to be? So I'm really glad that we picked this topic. It was a real stretch topic for me as an individual. (laughs) I love it. In terms of work, I am planning to get my library degree, which should take about two years, and then hope to find a position at the public library where I currently work. Ideally, I'd love to do more of the back-end side of things, like cataloging or selecting. I am so curious to find out in the next decade if I like working full-time because most of those jobs are full-time positions. I want to give it a try, but I think I would most love to find a position that is 25 or 30 hours a week. Maybe there will be more flexible work options by then, or maybe mm. I can help craft things as we move forward over the next decade. Totally. That is the dream. For Neil's work, he still wants to be working at his current job, but hopes that in 10 years to be moving toward doing the same kind of work, but on a part-time basis. And I think it's a similar situation where most professional engineering jobs are full-time positions. Maybe this pandemic has helped disrupt things in the workplace to the point where some of that could shift, but that might be a pipe dream. At this point, hmm. we can help be the trailblazers to make it so at some institutions in Bloomington. Our kids will be so old by then. Yeah. <laughs> HP will have finished his first year of college, assuming that he goes right out of high school and E will be finishing her sophomore year of high school and be 16. Whoa! When this episode comes out, we will be halfway through the years that we have HP at home with us. Mm. Once again, assuming he leaves the house at 18, which is wild to think about. It is. For our community, I hope that we have continued to deepen the community we have here over the next decade, though I feel really good about where we are. So to me, this is a maintenance and expansion of something that is working really well. And I just hope that that continues over the next decade. And it's one of the main reasons that I think we will stay here, that putting those roots down, once you do that, it is a lot of work to uproot and start over somewhere new. Yes. When Neil and I were discussing this episode, I'm very open to the idea of us moving and having a new adventure and starting someplace else. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think that is likely, but to me, it still feels very possible and Mm. I am open to it. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot to give up once you've been in a place for a while and all members of your family have created a community that is meaningful and important to them. Mm -hmm. Though my attitude always has been there are just more people and another community out there waiting to be found in a new place. It's true. Financially, we hope to be in the position where we can choose the kind of work we want to do with less concern for our salaries covering our bills. Our mortgage will be paid off in 10 years, yes. which is really exciting to think about. And will open up a lot more financial options once that is true in our lives. Talking through this... Makes me realize that in general, I am very happy with the life that we have here right now. And a lot of this is wanting more of the same. There's definitely areas for growth in terms of my career and figuring out a situation that really finds that right balance, but mostly just hoping to continue to nurture the good that we already have going. Love that. What are you hoping for in the next
1: 10 years? I hope that the next 10 years hold much more community connections for us, whether that's here in Birmingham or perhaps somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I think the connections have already started to come and will come even more with Plum starting kindergarten and our neighborhood school in the fall, as well as me going to nursing school and Pepper eventually starting school as well. As far as the kids go, we will have a preteen and a teen in 10 years, and that is very bizarre to think about. Mm -hmm. I hope that we will have continued to meet the challenges of parenting children as a united team and have a family vibe where we enjoy adventures outdoors together as well as lazy home stuff. For me, I am planning to go to nursing school if I get in starting in January. And I recently found out that UAB is reviving a midwife free program. So UAB is the school of nursing that I'm applying to. And I thought for a long time that I would get a nursing degree. And then if I wanted to get trained as a certified nurse midwife, that I would have to go somewhere out of state or do a virtual program or something like that. And mm-hmm. it felt really overwhelming to navigate that with the kids and them being in school and with how much Andrew works. But With having a program here in town, it's much more likely that I can do that sooner than later. And even if I get a nursing job at UAB, that I could get it partially or fully paid for. Mm -hmm. Which puts it so much more within reach and so much sooner than I had thought. So I am hopeful that all that will happen. And in terms of what the future holds after that schooling... I would love to be part of an out-of-hospital birth center in Alabama Mm -hmm. because I had such a good experience with that in North Carolina. Yeah. I had both my kids at an out-of-hospital birth center staffed by nurse midwives, and it was just a really wonderful, special place. The thing is, the laws are very challenging to midwifery and out-of-hospital birth in Alabama, so we'll see. I mean, a lot can change in 10 years, so it's possible that that could happen. It's also possible that we'll move. Andrew will be up for tenure in five or so years. And if my work doesn't pan out here, Mm -hmm. then I could totally see us making a move somewhere that's more conducive to both of us having jobs that work for us.
0: Do you have an ideal location in mind if you were to move? Would it be back to North Carolina or elsewhere?
1: I would love to live in North Carolina again. I think... My roots feel so deep in that community, Mm. deeper even than where I was in Nashville, which was the first place I lived sort of independently, Mm -hmm. and where we got married and where we have family. But I also think there are lots of places that we could be happy, and we have family all over. So we have family in Portland, Oregon, and that's where my children's cousins are. And I think Mm -hmm. it'd be really fun to have the cousins in the same place. Oregon is also a really great state to be a midwife. And then we also have beloved family in Minnesota, which is another great state to be a midwife. So there are any number of possibilities. Yeah. Okay, let's do one more sort of rapid fire, big picture about what you hope to cultivate in your life over the next 10 years. I hope to
0: be prioritizing creative projects like podcasting and playing the piano.
1: (laughs) We'll have so many podcast episodes by then. It's true. That would be a lot,
0: a lot of podcasting. I hope to continue being active through yoga, walking, hiking, and lifting weights. I hope we are still living without a car and that our kids have become confident cyclists who can navigate everywhere they want to go by bike, foot, or bus. I hope we have a productive garden and very little grass in our front yard. Instead, it will be filled with beautiful perennials and native plants. I want to have completed the renovation in the addition of our house to accommodate a third bedroom where Neil and I can move into. I also hope that we will have had really memorable, fun vacations as a family Mm. and that Neil and I will be looking back as our kids are getting ready to leave the house and feel like we made the most of the time that we had together as a family and really enjoyed each other.
1: I love that. My big picture dreams are being very connected to whatever community we're part of while still nurturing relationships with friends and loved ones who don't live geographically close to us. I hope we have prioritized being outdoors as a family. Mm -hmm. I hope that I continue to work toward a more just world for everyone. I hope I'm still reading lots of books that I love and practicing yoga. Mm -hmm. And I hope my kittens, who we just got, are still living the dream in our family with
0: us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, that's the end of our future talk for today. We would love to hear your future hopes and dreams. We would love to hear how your current reality reflects the future you thought you have. Share it all with us on our Instagram or in our show notes. Let's talk about what we've been eating. I have a strawberry cake recipe to share. This is a pretty popular cake. I have seen it on a lot of food groups, but this is a Smitten Kitchen strawberry summer cake. Hmm. This is a very easy cake, easy as mixing up a quick bread, but you bake it in, I used a nine inch round cake pan and it makes sort of like a heavyish white cake. And then you put strawberries, you can also use other summer fruits on top, and then it cooks for quite a while in the oven and the sugars and the fruits sort of caramelize mm. and they get kind of jellyish. Yes. My children love this cake. I had never made it with them before. And it was one of my aspiring to be a better parent routines. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is enjoying baking with them and it actually went great. And they both love it and they have been eating it for every meal and it's almost gone. Sounds delicious. What have you been eating, Sarah? We went camping last weekend with friends.
0: And on Saturday night, we had venison brats, and Mm. these were mushroom Swiss brats, and they were so good. Just all of the savory flavors. I had never had a venison brat before. It was delicious after a day of hiking and enjoying being together outside, and Mm. I hope to have more in the future when we are at their house again. (laughs) Love
1: it. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. And listeners, it's time for our quarterly reminder to please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Something that helps people find the show. Plus, we really love to read what you think of us. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your
0: food delicious, and your conversations friendly. Yeah, I don't know. If I'm, I don't know if I'm like a weirdly content human. I like, like it. Things.
1: I'm here for it.
0: <laughs> okay, so like when you're 46, yeah. what do you want your yeah your 46? To look like?
1: Okay, what the fuck? I didn't even think of that. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah.